0: Hello and welcome to Publisher Inside Out, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at children's publisher Maverick. I'm Giles Paley Phillips and today I am joined by Amy Hayes, who's junior fiction editor, Kamara Nye, who's managing editor, and somewhere in the background lurking is managing director Steve Bicknell, who I'm sure will join us in this conversation. Good afternoon, John. Hello. Um, hey. This episode we're going to talk about editing. So to kick off, Can you just tell me briefly a bit about the editing process here at Maverick?
1: Well, it's hard to call it brief uh, because (laughs) editing is never brief. Um, But firstly, it depends on the type of editing we're doing. Um, Like I particularly focus on the pitch books, whereas Amy focuses on the junior fiction, though all of us in the team look at, Uh, all the genres because it's good to have as many eyes on a text as possible Um, I suppose with editing it's most important to get the flow of a story right and to get the plot right and get as as you always know a start middle and an end yeah even on a really short short story
0: so how does that work with obviously um you do Various different types of children's books. You do junior fiction, you do picture books. What? What? How, how does it strike a difference between, say, a picture book and then maybe, like, junior, junior fiction?
1: So perhaps if I start with picture books first uh, and then Amy can say a little bit about junior fiction. So with picture books, a lot relies on the layout of the book because depending on how the page is turned... Um, is how much text can be on a page, um, whether there's something that happens on the one page and then you turn the page and it it concludes on the next page. So you've got to keep that in mind when you are editing it and also you've got to keep the visual side in mind. Um, So although we do start off working just from a text document, later on we might go on to working um, in a design program where we can actually look at um, where the text will be uh, in relation to the pages and the images and work on things like that. Um, And I think with pitch books, it's um, important to get the balance of text right, um, as well as like obviously get the story. I think in a previous episode we said about word counts, so getting the word count down. But still managing to tell the story, but also telling the story through the images, not just the words.
2: We do like to work in conjunction with the author, so it's not just a lone process, is it? It's oh like, gosh, no, no. You know, so we're not. Even though you, were, you, the publisher will always have the final say. Say
1: the well, not even that. It's it's a compromise. Mm. I think working working with um, an author um on an uh, on a manuscript it is very much backwards and forwards trying to find something that in the end the author is happy with um because at the end of the day it's their book uh, you want them to love their book and you know be really proud of it so when we're working with an author we work very closely with them as um lots of backwards and forwards of emails like on the longer text like the junior fiction we Mm -hmm. we might do a whole Skype meeting and things if the author can't come into the office and just work through things.
0: I guess it starts to paint the picture (coughs) of the fact that um writing is obviously a solitary thing but actually producing a book is a collaboration.
3: Yes definitely um I think this is where it gets into the real nitty gritty part of Mm. making a book is the fact that it is the author's creation but we are the polishers yeah we're we're what refine that raw rough idea and make it into something that people will pick up in bookshops and that's why as Kim said compromise is so important because a lot of editors they're coming at it as how to make your book better so criticism and critiquing your book isn't necessarily something that is bad it's something that we're trying to refine it in, mm. in into something that is better than perhaps or into something different that you previously thought
1: and I know in like obviously a previous episode um, India was talking about uh, the submissions one of the things that we do think is very important when we uh, decide to go with the book is whether the author wants to work with us and wants to be able to edit a book because you can't if we're always suggesting things and the author doesn't want to change them then as I said it has to be a compromise mm. we've we've got to find a happy medium and you know create a wonderful product in the end yeah. so is
0: that something that comes up in conversation quite early doors when you when you decide to take on a
1: on a manuscript well, I think it's on one of our guidelines actually so, oh, okay. so I'm yeah. hoping, hoping that people <laughs> take it into account anyway um but yeah I think I think when we uh when we meet an author for the first time obviously you can sort of gauge mm. how much they want to work with you and um obviously we talk about their texts uh when they come in or when we first speak to them and uh discover how much they're willing to sort of like work with us on that Mm.
2: i don't have any part to play in the editing process but i do have some quite strong feelings that when you see authors can sometimes work on i mean i have known um where an author has told me that they've worked on a text for three years Mm. for a picture book well (laughs) to be to be honest you know I mean that's it takes some doing and and really does 3 years improve a te- improve a text. Well, I think I mean?
1: it does though because actually if you wrote it 3 years ago and you come back to it 3 years later I think when people mm. say no, that they're tinkering
2: it over three yeah, years
1: but it might might improve it because people have different life experiences in the 3 years so it could change their outlook to it mm. they might might end up having kids at the time or having a young child um, who they spend time with and so they might learn more about what a child would want from a picture Yeah, burn. you see from my point
2: of view, I, I think that as long as you've got the sort of the bones of the text right, shall we say, it's the working with the, 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 the editor and the and the author working together and then creating the flesh. So you know, I, yeah. I, I'm trying to say, potential budding authors out there, don't worry about every single word when you submit. A good idea is always the most valuable thing, you know, obviously a writing style as well, but yeah, I, I encourage authors to be to be bold and brave and really go for it, you know.
1: I think the thing is, though, is that at the end of the day, not all authors obviously have access to a editor who works in publishing. So I think sometimes you have to tinker with things. Um, I think a really good thing is going to like these critique groups and writing groups. We have a lot of authors who are members of Scooby, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, and they do lots of things that help people to, you know, develop their stories. And I think think that's good for someone who doesn't have access, like, I like to us.
2: I like the idea of the writing retreats. But well, if I went on one, I wouldn't write a thing. <laughs> I'd just go for the fun. <laughs>
0: well, uh, being a writer myself, um, editing is often a daunting process. So I think, um, how do you obviously deal with sort of working with an author who might not have done any editing in the part? you know, coming to this part of the process for the first time?
3: Um, well, obviously, junior fiction editing is a little bit different to picture books, but... Um... So I'll tend to kind of look at the bigger aspects first. And that can sometimes be quite daunting because they'll usually be the big plot holes or characters acting out of character or locations getting all mixed up and things Mm. like that. And I think one thing that I do try to do is, um, well, we normally comment directly onto the manuscript itself. Mm -hmm. But with those bigger aspects, I try to put them in their own separate document just to be kind of like, this is my general feedback Mm. feel free to digest it when you can sort of thing but just so if someone doesn't open their manuscript and just see loads of comments and changes and yeah Yeah. exactly um just so it feels a bit more cleaner in a way
1: and also sometimes those bits which you've commented on on the uh, document they will actually you might end they might end up completely rewriting that section because they've read your your bigger bullet points um which
0: But it's it's a delicate process, isn't it? You're having to. Oh yeah. yeah, um, Definitely. mm -hmm. I'm not going to say use kid gloves, but you have to be very careful with how you that working relationship. I I know you've obviously you've you've touched on it, but making sure that you. I don't. don't If you're going
2: to be too precious, Mm. too sensitive, you're never going to make a top author. And you, if you talk to top authors, I'm sure they'll tell you the same. You know. I don't know
1: because I think I think as you get. <coughs> me. as you get more kind of like into obviously your writing, I think the obviously the less you want to take on an editor's um comments, and I think that it's important to still take on other people's point of views because they're always going to see things in a different way, mm. and I think that it's important to stand up for what you believe in your text, but as I said at the beginning, you've got to find a compromise. It is it is sometimes difficult. I know it's, you you said, Giles, that it's obviously difficult to submit your, uh, your book in and it's obviously your pride and joy. But it's also very difficult for us as editors to then take on this book, which we know is your pride and joy, mm. and obviously ask you to change bits mm, of it, mm. especially bits that you might particularly really like. So that can be quite tricky.
0: I, I, I remember watching a documentary with Ian Rankin, who obviously is... Uh, hugely successful, one of the biggest um, British authors, I would say, probably in crime fiction. And he was submitting his 20th book of of Inspector Rebus to his editor. And um, he got back his edit notes and he was completely demoralised by the fact that he'd been given so many edit notes. And there was this sort of feeling of like, um, this is my 20th book and I still can't get it right. But it was that idea that actually... It's not that he's got it wrong but it's just that an editor is there to guide you into making that thing perfect.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, like when we edit we all look at the texts so it's just having all different points of view from different people and different people see different things in the text. Mm. Something an author might think is really clever other people might read it and go, oh, I, I don't understand. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's important to get different viewpoints before you actually go to yeah. go and to print.
3: Possibly something to kind of almost to give yourself a pseudo experience of mm. having an editor is maybe going to a critique group mm. or getting involved in the writing community because there's plenty of people out there who are happy to read your book for you and do swaps and things like that mm. and it will just get you used to that experience of someone who isn't your friend or your family reading your baby and giving telling you the truth. Uh, no <laughs> well telling you the truth <laughs> but also just giving you some honest feedback and it will mm. kind of maybe help thicken skins that you know or ease worries that you have
2: a lot of authors, though, I've heard say they really value their editors. They really work with them, find them a, a fantastic help in their, in creating.
3: Mm. You
1: know. well, I would say, from our point of view, there's nothing more rewarding than going back with just some general comments, like not even like going too deep into a text, just mm. some general comments. And what comes back is like far, you know, better. You just you're so pleased that kind of they've interpreted it right and gone on further from Mm. what you've said even and just made a fantastic um adjustment which they might not have thought about and before you obviously gave them that point
0: so amy obviously we've we've talked a little bit about how picture book editing goes what about junior fiction how does that work
3: well it's a similar sort of process in the fact that um we still have to look at the main issues like the plot and the characters and things like that but um Usually it doesn't really require a visual element as much as a picture book. So Kim was saying how pictures would need to be laid out so that we could imagine the illustrations and how the text would fit alongside that. Whereas the junior fiction and middle grade texts don't necessarily need that, but it does sometimes help. Um, usually it helps in terms of um, chapters. Mm. So that's probably the main thing that actually laying out helps with junior fiction is having those little cliffhangers and just how to... Begin and end chapters really helps.
0: Obviously, editing we've talked about is can be an ongoing process. But where do you start to draw the line? How long would you necessarily work on a particular book?
3: It can really depend because obviously each story is different, and sometimes they'll be a little bit rough, rougher around the edges, mm. and others, and some of them only need a few tweaks, and they're they're pretty much finished. Um, but I think there does have to be a point where you have to kind of just let it go mm. and say there's always going to be like maybe something that needs to be changed. Like editing is never really going to be completely done. It's not Mm. a finite process, but I would say that there just has to come a point maybe after the sixth draft or something Mm. like that, but everyone's
1: different. You never know.
0: And is that similar with picture books as well?
1: Yeah, I would, I would say that even up, up to the last possible point, you are sometimes making changes. Mm. Yeah. Um, And as like, we we all look at the books in the office and someone might spot something that someone else didn't spot previously and especially with the illustrations, it might say somewhere, oh, there was a blue ball and actually in the illustrations, it's not blue, it's red. <laughs> yeah. And then we need to weigh up whether to change the text or change the illustrations mm-hmm. at that point. And so it can sometimes be really close to when it goes off to print, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, yeah, can you be really like um, against the clock a little bit sometimes with edits?
1: Yes, very much so. Yeah, definitely. Especially as it takes such a a long time from when we send a book to print uh, to when it comes back into the office. Mm. So you've kind of... Almost at that point, when you've sent it to print, you've almost got to let go of it then, yeah. and try not to, try not to think too sure, much yeah. about yeah. it and everything. And
0: as editors, are you working on multiple texts at a time? Is that I mean, and if you are, is that confusing?
1: Um, yeah, oh, I don't. Know. I think I'm working on about ten different texts at the moment. Right. That's mm-hmm. like obviously pitch books, and then um, I read the junior fiction as well um, mm-hmm. when I can. Though Amy does the majority of the the reading for those but yes it can get confusing um especially when you see multiple drafts and mm. trying to remember which bits are new and old and everything
3: yeah um like him it's juggling yeah, lots sure. of different texts at the same time but i think probably what's slightly different with junior fiction is that because they're that much longer i think if i'm reading through one yeah. i wouldn't stop and then start reading another one yeah, i would sure, definitely yeah. read through that first one and then move on to another project if i needed to change but yeah i would never kind of finish one halfway
0: (laughs) i'm interested also know when the editing process begins obviously we've talked in previous podcasts about the submission process is that um when you're looking at submissions are you already starting to think about the editing process
1: yes we um we actually do sometimes, if a submission's been long-listed to the, the editorial meeting and we th- read through it and we like it but it's got something about it mm. that we're not so sure about, we will go back to the author then and say, look, no promises but would you be able to have a go at just changing that? Mm. And we'll bring it back to our next editorial meeting and see, see if that's any better.
0: So yeah, so it sort of starts...
1: From, from from the word yeah. yeah 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 i think as editors we probably can't
3: quite switch that off so when we are yeah. going through submissions you're always kind of you've got part of your brain which yeah, is saying sure. oh there's a missing comma there or oh like mm-hmm. this word might work a bit better but yeah
0: so. and who do you get inspired by with, with regards to editing do you look at other books and think wow they've i can really see what an editor's done there was it hard to hard to gauge that
1: um, with pitch books, I do sometimes look at other other pitch books and think, Oh, I really like how they've done that mm. um but at the end of the day i want I want our books to be original, I want them to be different, and um so I tend to try and just keep keep focused on maverick books if mm. i can
3: yeah, same here i I think well, at least with older fiction, it's a little bit trickier to kind of work out where editor and author that line kind of begins mm. um, because as I said before um, there's some texts where I barely have to edit it at all mm. it's, it's almost there and some which need a lot of work um, so just picking up a book in a bookshop is quite hard to kind of work out oh did this go through 10 different drafts or was this perfect on the second draft it, it's difficult to kind of
1: yeah I do sometimes find when I'm reading a book especially if it's a series of books you can almost tell like the first one there's been a lot more editorial mm. control and then yes. by the by the later books you're thinking hmm, yeah yeah the <laughs> few few, it out. few more things yeah that's true mm.
0: obviously um this book uh, this podcast is going to be listened to by lots of people who might be looking to get into um writing or are looking to submit i know you've touched on certain things that they could be trying like joining critique groups are there any other things that you think might be good for someone who's a bit daunted by editing but wants to dip their toes into finding out a bit more about it
1: um i think it's just obviously reading lots and seeing different things and um i think it's just important to keep an open mind when you're reading a book maybe try reading things which you wouldn't normally read Mm -hmm. um because it's not always a definite that what we are editing especially the longer Mm texts, are going to be our cup of tea so you've got to kind of look at different things and try and just like see how it would work in the marketplace if that is your end goal Mm -hmm. you know it could be that actually you just want to have brilliant text in which case just you know work with work with what you want because in the end it's it's your your book your Mm -hmm. story
3: yeah. Um, something I might suggest as well is um, don't be afraid to be your own editor as mm. well. Like very much in the beginning, if you've cracked out your first draft, like don't be afraid to just kind of leave it as it is. And that's what you submit very much. Like if you want to leave it to stew for maybe a couple of weeks and then come back to it with a fresh yeah. mind, that can be really helpful as well, just for you to kind of see, oh, I thought that was a really good bit of my book, but actually if this happened instead, that would be much better. It's, and of learning also to be critical of yourself as well.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. That's the end of episode four of Publishing Inside Out. And we will be with you next week for another episode. Thank you for listening to Publishing Inside Out. If you want to learn more about Maverick, visit their website, which is maverickartspublishing.com or you can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Maverick Books. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time.